This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account. We're member-owned and offer all the services you're looking for, like mobile banking and free ATM withdrawals. Visit our website at pfcu.com. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Now on Talk Radio 
you never know when you're going to go to work and not come home. And it happens uh, too often. Uh, and, again, you know, firefighter Lieutenant Sean Williamson, 51 years old, like John said, 27-year veteran. Um, and uh, there's nothing we can say that obviously is going to make it feel better. We're all in mourning. Our thoughts and prayers, again, go out to the family. And, and um, you know, uh, John, you, you, have, uh, you're, you for one are somebody who, that has put a lot of time into health and safety uh, when it comes to the building trades. And, uh, you know, we take it extremely personal uh, when we lose one of our own. And uh, it doesn't get any tougher than this one. Well, I always tell people, you know, the toughest thing I've ever had to do is visit a job site when somebody has just been electrocuted. You know, I can't even imagine what it would be like to visit that site when someone's been burnt to death. I mean, it's just, I I can't, look, I can't even think about it. I mean, it makes me physically ill thinking about that. It's, it's, it's terrible. You know, it's, uh, these are great guys, you know? Uh, I mean, we have way too many friends and neighbors. You know, I think I have maybe five firefighters live you know uh, i told you john narkin who are a good friend he was a door away but there's like three more within about 10 doors it's just i mean i watch them go to work i expect to see them come home you know i, I can't even tell you and again i had a fire next to my my mom and dad it was the philadelphia fire department that saved my mom you know it was years ago i say it all the time you know and they're just good they're the best it's just it's just it's a sad day and, and and let's not forget the, the four other firefighters and the inspector who were also injured, two of them uh, at Temple University Hospital, um, where they're listed in, in, in critical but stable condition. Uh, so obviously our thoughts and prayers are with them that they pull through. Yep. Tough way to start the uh, John Doherty Hour here on a Saturday night. Glad we're live to um, at least reference um, again, Firefighter Lieutenant Sean Williamson, our prayers, condolences, and as John said, just a tough, tough, horrible way uh, to begin uh, the broadcast. So um, with that, we set the table uh, for the listening audience. We are live tonight here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Uh, two um, really powerful guests are going to join us coming up. Uh, after the uh, first break, uh, right around 7.15, uh, Michael Neal will join us. He's the apprentice training director of IBEW Local 98. We'll bring uh, Michael in um, for a good conversation. And then at the bottom of the hour, 7.34, uh, the business manager of Steamfitters Local 420, our good buddy Jim Snell, uh, will be uh, along. He won't be uh, here to talk pleasantries tonight. We're going to get educated from uh, Jim tonight, Jay Doc, uh, and John. Should be a good conversation tonight. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, this is what these are the types of issues we've been talking about on this show for the last year or even two years. And of course, on, on, on the labor and energy show. So uh, Jimmy's on the front lines of, of, of all the energy issues and, and, uh, uh, the topic that we're going to be uh, talking about tonight is LNG. That's liquefied natural gas, and and uh, that's something we talk about. On, on we've talked about many times. All right, good stuff. And then, John, before we say goodbye, as you referenced, it is Father's Day weekend, and um, I always look. Um, 
you know, with the relationship that you have with your father. I always enjoy um, just seeing him when he's at the Labor Classic. So I'm sure there are so many stories and so many um, things that you um, can reference this weekend. We'll close out the show uh, with some dot with some thoughts on your uh, on your pop. We'll finish up our broadcast at the top of the hour at eight o'clock. Let's get started. We'll get to our first commercial break. On the other side, John Doherty and Mike Neal. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of the Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Another Father's Day shout out to our good buddy Frank Keel, who I know John wanted to kind of lure him into the show for a quick Father's Day wish. Um, Frank got surprised uh, with a dinner reservation from his beautiful family. So. It must have been a tough choice, man, <laughs> yeah, a labor so, show or, or, or a nice dinner. So he chose the dinner. So <laughs> we used the opportunity to say happy Father's Day uh, to Frank Keel. Let's get started, Jay Doc. Good guests coming up, John and Mike Neal. We're going to talk uh, apprentice program. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's almost like a part of our apprentice uh, series. We, we just had the operating engineers on uh, last week, and, and what a fantastic, uh, fantastic show we had. And it was fantastic. So I'm ecstatic to bring into the, into the program Mike Neal, uh, who was the apprentice coordinator for Local 98. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm great, gentlemen. How are you? Well, well you know, it's a, t- it's a tough day in Philadelphia, you know, as we all know. My father's a retired I'm not a police officer, and my, my twin brother is a retired police officer who, who actually got shot out. Uh, he got shot at, uh, on, his, uh, on his career. That's definitely a difficult day, Michael. And uh, certainly, we, you know, like, like we said, our condolences to everybody. And we're always thinking about, uh, obviously, our, our first responders, no question. Mike, you, you've, been, you've been the... Um, head of the apprentice program at, at, at local 98 for, for a long time. And, and you do a fantastic job that the, the program is second to none college accredited courses. What is it that, that makes you so passionate about it? It's, it's being able to like change lives. You know, we, we have 600 apprentices in a program from every way of life, you know, and, you know, from jail to Yale, we always say, you know, we have, Many apprentices from reentry, and we have apprentices that graduated from the University of Pennsylvania, and it's everywhere in between. And you see, you know, young people, older people. You know, we go from eighteen to fifty-six years old in our apprentice program that uh, start and you know have a career, and it's life-changing for them. And 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 Johnny Doc, you know a little bit about it, <laughs> if you would, my friend. <laughs> Uh, to say the least. I, I just, yeah, actually, before we get to Michael, I just wanted to let you know, I did have conversation with our mayor about 20 of 7, you know, because we did say that we were going to have him on the show. You know, I just thought tonight wasn't tonight to talk politics or even get into the depth of guns. You know, I just thought it was a solemn night. I know he wasn't feeling it, you right. know, so we'll get him in the next week or so. So when we couldn't get the mayor 
okay, grabbing Mikey Neal is not a bad thing. You know, and I just want to let you know, Mike, Michael has not only runs a great apprenticeship program, but he's got a great way about him. And he's more than an apprentice training director. You know, he's a mentor. And to some, I know he's getting old enough that he's a father figure and uh, an uncle figure. He's got a great way of dealing with people. And the best thing that's going to happen at Local 98 right now is that Mark Lynch has that same salt way about him. And Michael and, Sh- and Michael and Mark worked together through, you know, at, at apprentice training uh, when Mark first started in the safety field. And Mark has done a really good job in a short period of time. And he's got a great partner in Michael Neal. And one of the things that Michael did for me and, you know, in my partnerships, I was a guy who as much as, you know, as dominant as I could be on any given issue, I let people be their own bosses in their own departments. You know, you've heard me say this a hundred times here that I always stayed in my own lane, not only, you know, you know, outside doing business, but primarily in the union, because in my own lane, I can go as fast as I want. Whenever I got in anybody else's lane, I always got an accident, you know, so it, it was good. And Michael has been at the cutting edge of changing that program around. And it's not easy because in the process, and you're going to hear from Jimmy Snell, there was another guy who's got a great apprenticeship program behind him michael and the teachers that he has and he has a i just i made the comment on this show and i'm going to make it again tonight we've had some of the best teachers when i first started okay you know I, we made a few moves we had a guy by the name of bill lasenic he was so highly respected and adored by every apprentice that went through the program and he's not only a mentor of michael's but a personal friend but in his group you know, through the next few years, he had, of course, Michael Neal and Brian Burroughs, who are now that Brian's the president of the union and very successful, more successful with money than anybody, I think, in any union. And uh, and then we had two other guys, a guy by the name of Mike Callanan, who we talk about quite often. OK, and Mike Callanan wound up being the head of the National Apprenticeship Program for the IBW. He basically ran the education. And then we also had Jimmy Dollard, who we've talked about here who Mark, you know, eventually replaced and, and, you know, he had big shoes to fill there. Mark and, and Jimmy and, and Mike Cowan and that program is second to none. It teaches people not only a way of life, but it teaches them to, to the, the, the program today. I'm not sure I could get through, you know, the audio visual, the, 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 the math, the computer, Everything is done. I mean, Michael's program is, is so virtual that you sit down and, and, you know, on a laptop, you take the course. And Michael's been responsible for that. Not only here, and, and sometimes I get upset, uh, upset people by saying this, but Michael has been every bit of two years ahead of our national. Michael, went, Michael in fact, when they come into town, they always say, okay, we're going to send somebody up to see what you're doing. And, again, it's, it's Michael with the trustees he have, he has great contractor trustees. He got two guys by the name of Tommy Moore and Bruce Shelley been there forever. They, they did apprenticeship through the program. They're contractors. They did a great job, but he's got great trustees and the selection of teachers that he's made in the last three years, had four or five years, maybe has been amazing. He's got five or six, seven guys with him right now, as good as we've ever had. And we, as I said, we started out with all these professionals. So Michael, you're loaded with information. Why don't you do me a favor and start off telling people, uh, number one, about the recall of the panels. 
because I don't think people understand. And I, I thought a life safety issue here on a very sad day in Philadelphia. Why don't you mention that? Because it's something that I don't, I, I don't want to go unnoticed. So thank you. Thank you for the, that introduction. But, um, you know, I got all my momentum from, of course, from the boss. And uh, his ideas and his leadership definitely led me to be able to hopefully create the, the best IBW apprentice training in the country. But, um, you know, I, I talked to John uh, yesterday, and there, there was a national news came out that 1.6 million electrical panels, uh, household panels, electrical panels, were recalled because of the neutrals being uh, overheating. So we're, we're on that right now to make sure that um, we know if there's any, any spots in Philadelphia. And I've talked to a couple of contractors, and some contractors have told me they, they put, you know, hundreds and close to thousands of those panels in. So we're going to be on that to make sure that um, that, that recall is, is dealt with and dealt with in a professional manner by uh, union electricians and qualified electricians. And, and, and Mike, um you know, when you, when you talk about, you know, obviously, John, John, you know, one of the first things he said when we came on Talk Radio 1210 is he stays in his own lane. But his, his leadership is far-reaching. We all know that. Talk about, if you would, also the scope of the program. Because this is an accredited program, second to none, and the fact that you guys have expanded the scope of your work uh, on a constant basis so the training expands. Talk about the magnitude of the program, if you would. So about probably over 10 years ago, John, John came to me and says, Mike, he goes, we've got we to make this paperless. You know, we've got to go to a different level. So our national at that time made all their money off of selling books. We brought them in and we told them, we, listen, we, gotta, we have to change the way that we're training people. Let's figure out a way to be able to have more hands-on let them learn a little bit of the technology on the computer. Do it virtually. Do it um, kind of like by training, and let's figure this out. And you know, they they took a they took a step back, and now almost all our training is online. Uh, we you know all our all our classes, our apprentices come in, they take their classes online, and then our instructors teach the class. You know, after that. And, and Mike, it was, Mike talk, uh, talk about how many years, that it, is it a five-year program, and what type of courses do you guys offer? Uh, it's, it's, it, it changes daily, but, it, you know, it's an 8,000 on-the-job hour program with over 1,100 hours of related theory. You know, the, the, the national guidelines only require for about 596 hours of class and training, where we do 1,100 hours. And eight thousand on the job hours. Um, it's it's it definitely changes. It's it's a lot more hands on now. So the students and apprentices come to come to the school, and we try to give them a lot more hands on. And now the uh, you know the new thing is you know we build a virtual uh, electrical experience center where we can take apprentices. You know we have six hundred apprentices and share job experiences. So every one of our apprentices can be on the same job at the same time. And the best case is we can virtually put apprentices in a very unsafe condition safely. It's, it's a game changer. 
Michael Joe, Neal just is so you know, sp- Go ahead, John. Hey, Joe, if you don't know, what that mean? like, it's amazing watching these kids do it, too. You know, every time we have either an international officer or an elected official, or, you know, you run them through the program and they get blown away. You know, but it's amazing how good the kids are. You know, you know how depth they are with the Playstations and the Nintendos and things like this. So now you put them, you know, someplace where they're super comfortable and they want to do it. And they can be anywhere in the world in any electrical environment. So besides being way ahead of the curve with this, you know, Michael's had a charging station outside apprentice training for years. He's been teaching electrical car charging for years. We've had solar panels on them buildings. They weren't just put on the building to save money. They were put on the building so people could train and see how it actually operates in real life. So he he got a grant from the state. It had to be 15 years ago over solar energy. So, again, everything's above the curve. And I think that the future is really bright. I think that Michael's got a great partner. You know, Brian Burroughs is the president of the union who kind of oversees that, but he, he lets Michael run. And now with Mark, who came through that program, and Mark is 100% involved in, in, in the training aspect, as well as the safety, because that's where he came from. So I think Michael's position to continue, and he has a he's, he, he represents – you know, the building trades on a couple of locations. He's, he's on the, you're on the state apprentice training committee, aren't you, Michael? And he's basically he's the voice. He's the, he's the voice of the unionized education field. So, I mean, it's, so I appreciate you jumping on, you know, I know it was a last minute request earlier today, uh, you know, to replace the mayor, but you know, I mean, uh, you know, having you around, and why don't before you roll, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your father and grandfather? Because Michael sure. and I know this because we're, we're we're basically family. Michael had not only a great relationship; he's got a twin brother. Okay, he's got a bigger brother who has since left us, uh, but his father and him were always together. But more importantly, his grandfather and his young son Michael, who's a '98 electrician, could have went to any college in the world, but he went to the College of '98, right? And I got to tell you. There's something to be said when you come from a family that has strong male leadership. And Michael comes from one, and there's a reason why Michael's successful. And I think it's, it's Big Bob and his grandpa and all them people. And, and I just wanted to tell him it's always been a pleasure knowing his parents. And So why don't you tell us something crazy on, about Father's Day, about your father or grandpa? Uh-huh. Tell us something good. Uh, you know, I, I've been lucky. You know, I've been surrounded by you know, great mentors as fathers. You know, I got my father, <clears throat> my grandfather, and Charlie. Uh, it's, you know, you, you, it's a tough day. You know, like you think about my brother, um, mm-hmm. who his kids um, miss him. You know, I think about him every day. So, you know, I love talking about apprenticeship, but, I you know, love, but, uh, the other stuff gets tough. Michael Neal joining us here on the John Doherty Hour, uh, here live on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Michael, sometimes I don't say much during the interview. J-Doc usually gloms all the time uh, that we have, but as we say goodbye uh, to you on this Saturday night, uh, cheers to you, brother. Uh, 600 people under your control, uh, under the responsibility of what you do at a high level. Uh, I appreciate you, man. Well done. Thank you, gentlemen. 
right, good stuff from Michael Thank Neal you, Michael. here on the John Doherty Hour. We'll get to a commercial break uh, on this Father's Day weekend. On the other side of the break, Jim Snell, back in a moment. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. Today's program has been pre-recorded. And we welcome back everyone to the live labor show. We are not pre-recorded on Saturday night here. This is the John Doherty Hour. I promise you we are live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Special thanks to uh, Michael Neal for uh, jumping on uh, in our opening segment. Jay Doc, we're going to move the program along and um, get to uh, Jim Snell, uh, who's going to join us in just a moment. One programming alert and one programming programming reminder, and I'll give you just a minute to at least tease the audience. Um, We've got a new uh, element that we're going to be rolling out um, on the uh, labor show, where it's going to um, get underway here over the next 30 to 60 days. Super excited uh, about what I think is a fantastic idea. Our host, John Doherty, fits right into the narrative. Oh, yeah. uh, And I'll let you uh, tease that. Don't go long. I want to get Jim Snell into the conversation, but let me give you time to set the table. Sure. No, I've got a call today from a, a good friend rich richie and he, they want to honor my father and i took it farther than that and we're gonna we're gonna be uh, introducing the legend of labor series and honors not just about my father but about the legends uh, of the labor movement here in philadelphia and the surrounding areas it is going to be unbelievable so can't wait to launch the legends of of labor series and and joe it's going to be we're going to take it to the union halls. We're going to do things that we've never done before. I can't wait to do it. And our gracious host on the John Doherty Hour falls right into that ca- into that category. It's appropriate to announce it on this show. No doubt about that. And Jim Snell joins us here live on a Saturday night. Jimmy, how are you, sir? Doing real well, Joe. It's a pleasure to be with you guys, as you well know, you know whenever you ask me. But, uh, you know, once again, uh, just a gut-wrenching uh, uh, event, you know, that happened to uh, – yeah, one stuff. of uh, one of our brothers uh, from local 22. You know the uh, Williamson uh, family. We we uh, from from our, my members and my officers at Steam Fairs Local 420. We we truly offer our condolences to uh, all our brothers and sisters in local three uh, local 22. So just a tough one, uh, as you guys stated for sure. Now, well said, Jimmy. There's no way to segue or transition properly. So um, you know we just. We just got to do it. So, and it, it, we'll we'll dedicate this broadcast and this segment to the families of those individuals. Um, Jimmy, uh, you were published in, in the in the in the paper this week, uh, coming out strongly in support of uh, a new multi-billion-dollar uh, liquefied uh, natural gas terminal in Chester, Delaware County. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, and, and John Doc, how are you doing too, John? Uh, just want to say hi to you as well. Um, yeah, listen, um, you know, John grabbed me about a year and a half ago uh, and gave me a heads up about this project, okay? Uh, John and Sean McGarvey, the head of the National uh, Building Trades, who everybody knows, uh, you know, pulled me into this discussion. And, you know, I'll never forget what uh, Sean McGarvey had said. He said, Jim, I get about 50 of these projects a year across my desk. This one's real, okay? This one's going to happen. All the other ones kind of get thrown into the trash can, you know, all those plans. But 
this is real. They have major backers. And, and look, in, uh, as, as things have progressed, right, in, in the world, and uh, we've talked about this before, what's going on in Europe, all those countries over there are, look, to put it plain and simple, they're scared to death. They want to know where the heck they're going to get their, their energy sources from, okay? And uh, you have delegations from just a couple, for instance, it, Italy recently, Spain, Portugal, Germany. They all want to know where, where they can get their energy source, all right? They're scared of what's going on over there, you know, in regards to the Ukrainian war. And, uh, you know, here, here's an LNG plant that has been uh, in discussion for the last few years. Now it's ramping up even more. Okay, so uh, the administration, the Biden administration, just gave the okay for uh, two LNG plants down south. And, you know, uh, we're, we're really hoping that the administration comes through and gives the green light for this one. It's such a strategic port right there, right along that Delaware River, right, the Philadelphia port. You know, and we're talking about in Delaware County, Chester, possibly, uh, of having this particular LNG plant built. Um, you know, it cuts down compared to the Gulf, of, uh, the Gulf Coast states where they have LNG. This cuts down, uh, if you're going to Europe, this cuts down a third of the time, you know, travel time. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's something that's definitely... Uh, uh, int- it's interested uh, the Philadelphia building trades. Um, yeah, look, this it's six point four billion dollars. Six point four billion. What a what a economic you know shock to the uh, to in a good way you know to the whole region and uh, you know the city of Chester uh, you know they're on board with it. There's been a lot of discussions with with major politicians in this area. Uh, I won't release any names, but. People are on board with this, okay? So, you know, we're not across the finish line yet by no means, and uh, we're just we're working hard. John Doherty? Well, listen, in my life, I've always, you know, thought my job, you know, either it was in the neighborhood or, you know, at the union or even in my own family, was to try to always, you know, be a year or two ahead and let, you know, in the case of the union, let the agents do the day-to-day activities. Uh, and one of the things I always did was, you know, take a look at the energy sector because it was significant. And the, the talent of people that we've had, you know, uh, Jimmy Snell's been as good as anybody. You know, I, you know, I, I talk about John Bland I, and uh, Anthony Gallagher. And I want to say a little shout out to his brother who just retired, spent about 37, 38 years in the business. But them guys are talented people and they're business people. They run billion dollar industries. So Jimmy is at the forefront of this liquid natural gas piece. Sean McGarvey and some of the guys down in Washington, D.C. gave me a little heads up, and I did the wise thing. I went to the guys who know this business inside and out like Jimmy and said, hey, what do we need to get this done? So, you know, we've worked well for the last year or two. You know, I'm all about, you know, um, and I make people nervous when I say it. I'm all about liquid natural gas. I'm about petroleum. I'm about nuclear power. Okay, I'm about keeping people work and our and our neighborhood safe. And we've done it our whole life. And Jimmy does it as well as anybody. So this is, you know, this is, and Jimmy, and I have to tell you, I've been at the forefront. You know, I, I opened a lot of these doors early on when Jimmy and some of the guys just started. Uh, we, were, we were promised things, you know, uh, there's five or six different, the RINs. We were promised, and we don't want to bore you with numbers, we were promised things that just didn't happen. 
you know, we were supposed to get numbers that were going to work. They're going to, you know, keep the refineries moving, actually even maybe grow or at least renovate. You know, and this nonsense of, you know, blaming people because they're making money. Hey, people play by the rules. I told you about my good friend who owns quite a few uh, car sales places. Said, you know what? I don't have to worry about, you know, advertising. You don't see advertisements on the news today. Okay, it's no different in the gas field. These guys are just playing with the hand that's dealt it on. You know, and uh, again, Jimmy, I, I mentioned last week because it was a, there was a piece about well, you know, people are gouging this, and unions get paid too money, and you're part of the problem. And and I, I gave an example of a good friend who has a few car places. Said it's amazing when a car comes in, he sells it. In most cases, you don't have to do a whole lot of financing. He doesn't have to finance all the cars in the lot. When he's picking them up, he's buying them cash and he's selling them overnight. Okay. He said just the supply and demand has been unbelievable. Well, the same things in the industry. You know, yep. we're, we're not, you know, we don't want people to make tons and tons of money. We want people to hire our people and pay them tons and tons of money. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, John and Jimmy, um, the, the, you know, this liquid natural gas uh, situation, uh, you know, in Chester's, you know, it kind of it sounds like it's similar to the situation. Yeah, how uh, do we get it done? Well, with, how, how do we get to the finish line? Well, what I'm saying is, is there's synergy here, Jimmy? You called me a, a while, a couple of weeks ago, about uh, you know a, a, some legislation that Marina White sponsored, the House Bill 2458, which oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's similar in the fact that if it's approved by the PA Senate and signed by the governor, it would create a task force to study how to establish liquid natural gas terminal in Philadelphia. It's it, you know, it seems like the, you know, the, you know, this is the this is the big deal here. Are they similar in in a sense that um, what we're going to do in Chester, we may do eventually in Philly? Well, listen, if it was up to me, I'd say absolutely yes. You know, but. You know, um, politics plays a role in everything, as, as we all know, right? So, but, but you know, uh, you mentioned Martina White, State Representative Martina White's bill to form a task force. I, I, I firmly believe that will get uh, passed and signed. And look, uh, you know, Martina, as well as numerous people in the region, especially you guys, you know, us guys on the radio right now, we've been so, so uh, uh, upset, I guess you could say, at the lack of, any, any kind of work, any kind of industrial energy-related work happening along the river. Because the truth be told, almost every other year, for many years, there was always a big project, okay? Whether it was a gas fire plant or something going on at, at one of the refineries, either on the Jersey side of the river or the Pennsylvania side. There was always something going on. And it's been so quiet down there. You know, somebody like Martina said, look, look. We, let's we got to stir it up here. We got to we got to do something. Let's get creative. Let's get some bright minds together. Let's form a task force and let's see what we got to do to get get some things cooking along that river. You know. So and and you know this is something that's been you know uh, that John was you know has been a part of. Uh, it's been going on for a few years now, and uh, here we are. It's 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 really starting to take shape. Okay, like like. Krause just said, how do we get across the goal line? You know, well, we're, we're working on that, Joe. Trust me, you know, uh, each and every day. And, and look, it, it's, it, how cool is it that the Philadelphia building trades are pulled into this? We're smack dab right in the middle of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it just shows the kind of drag that we have. But at the end of the day, like John just said, 
we just want to we just want to put people to work. And if they need us, you know, certain uh, end users or developers need us to help them get across the finish line, we will. And you know, look, this, this project, what it what it really is at the end, just to give it to you, it's short and sweet. This project is is basically it, it'll be a big refrigerator. Okay, really is what it'll be. It's the gas that will be brought to that site. All right. No new pipelines, by the way. There's already existing pipelines. All right. So nothing, you know, you're, you're not going to see any, any, any brand new pipelines. There's pipelines already underground. They're going to bring the gas to that site and the gas gets uh, refrigerated. It's, it'll go to a negative 260 degrees Fahrenheit. So it goes from a gas state to a liquefied natural gas state. And the reason they even do that is, is to be able to put it on ships, okay? So when it's in the liquid form, you can put it all on what's called an LNG tanker. And, and you know, you would, the tankers would pull up right there along the river and, uh, you know, get, get loaded up with this LNG and then ship it to our friends over in Europe and, and our friends in Asia as well. I mean, some of the biggest... Uh, 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 in, uh, importers of this is Japan, China, Taiwan, and you know people forget about Asia. They are a big player in this as well. So we also have our friends in Europe, of course. So, but uh, this is something that is becoming very critical to uh, you know the. It's not just you know. It's funny you talk about Philadelphia building trades and little tiny Chester. I mean, this has world ramifications. It really does, you know. The United six States, billion dollars worth of this, absolutely Jimmy, six I mean, billion dollars worth of. You know how many guys go yeah. to work? Listen, your yeah, guys yeah, did Marcus this. Hook. Your your guys did Marcus Hook, and the oh, contractor yeah. Yeah. there said that it was the best installation he's ever saw. Okay, union, correct. non-union, nothing, and and it was basically they have all these variables they put your guys through, and at the end of it, you put, it was basically a perfect installation without. An accident, or as we call yep. recordables, it was yep. ahead of schedule, and the installation when rated, okay, they give like six eight percent for union jobs. It's like twenty percent for bad jobs. Uh, it was less than one percent of things they had to go back and even take a look at. So it was yeah. basically a perfect installation, and that and when they brought the, the first tanker in, it slid up without a problem, okay right on time and got fitted perfectly and took the gas. I think the first ship went to Norway, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, no, you're and your correct. guys, did, your guys did a wonderful job. So if there's any outfit, okay. In America that can put this place together. And I have no idea why the elected officials aren't screaming at the top of their lungs. Listen, it's great. I, I put people to work doing uh, solar panels. I put people to work in my day, you know, with, with car chargers and things like that. But the thing that puts people to work is heavy highway work and this type of, you know, energy. Energy keeps the Philadelphia building trades working for its lifetime. Absolutely, John. And, and you know, it, one of the major things as well, that, that you know, it, it, it is what it is. The city of Chester is in receivership right now. So to see a project like this come into their, into their uh, region, the tax uh, revenue uh, benefits would be is are, they're tremendous for that city, you know. And uh, there's other things we're doing as a building trades. 
you know, for uh, students that are interested in the construction world, uh, you know, we've already had bus trips uh, and they've gone great. They've been, it's been a lot of fun. We've had a group of 40, 45 students come visit uh, the, the United Association uh, facilities uh, about a month ago. And they just visited uh, Mikey Neal's uh, uh, apprentice training facility the other day, along with uh, Sheet Metal Local 19, just exposing the students of Chester, uh, you know, what, what the trades are about, you know. So, um, you know, we have plans in the works to, uh, you know, implement a na- the uh, National Building Trades has a curriculum that they're going to implement. Jimmy, we're, get, we're, getting up. Up, we're, up, we're getting up against the time. I wanted to say to you, yeah. listen, I've lived vicariously through you and your son. Okay, I want to let you know you're a great dad. I watched every football game and couldn't wait to talk to you to see how many touchdowns he scored or how many tackles yeah. he had. You know, you're a great dad too. So happy Father's Day! And I want to let you know. I mean, you're a great family. You know, I, you know, of course your your wife or her family has been around me my whole life, but you're a great guy and a great dad too. Listen, I really appreciate that, and uh, you know, once again, happy Father's Day to everybody out there and. Uh, in the Philadelphia building trades and, uh, you know, just say a little prayer tonight for, uh, you know, the Williamson family. Okay. Great stuff. Great Absolutely. stuff, Jim Snell. Appreciate well you, brother. Said. Thank you, man. I'm ready to go marathon 24 hours a day to try and uh, change to get the politicians to react. We'll get to a final commercial, take a two-minute break. When we come back, the last couple of minutes, John Doherty. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Iron Workers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. Last couple of minutes on the John Doherty Hour. Go to the host of the show, John Doherty, as we uh, end our broadcast tonight. And, of course, as referenced, Father's Day uh, tomorrow. John the microphone is yours until you hear the music, bed, sir. Yeah, I just want to, you know, get a shout out to everybody listening. We really appreciate it. And I want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day. I am ecstatic that I get to spend another one with my dad, who, you know, has been my best friend most of my life, as well as my dad. And I say I'm lucky all the time. I got big Joe Conroy here. Everybody knows Sealy's dad, who was, has been masterful in his attention to Sealy and or or trials and tribulations. He's just a great guy. That being said, we had a, some things happen at the building trades this week uh, that all good. And there was the Joe Doc shirt day. And again, I want to get a shout out to Joe. I know it's a, a difficult one for him and his family with the first one without that. And, yeah, uh, you know, it's, ob- it's, it's obvious the respect that the people in the industry have for him, you know, and I know as well as anybody, you can, you know, anything can happen in paperwork. You, and someday we'll explain what's going on to me right now. Okay. Anything can be created. Anything, you know, you can make a federal crime out of anything. Your father was a great guy and a great labor leader and a great father. And I love the way he handled his voice. Uh, most recently, you, we have a, we have Chris Steinbaum, who, who many years ago, it was a tragedy. And, and I'll tell you, for as good as I was at certain things, I was terrible at paying attention to some of the drug use inside the IBW Local 98. We lost 18 people over over three years. And the, the part was you would, you know, most people have the stereotype of what the drug person might be. Well, these were all looking at across the table at your own kids. We lost a ton of them. I didn't know what to do. Okay, I put a little meeting together. I went to Brian Burrows, who runs the money at the local. I said, Brian, we got to do something. I don't know what to do. 
I talked to Michael and I talked to a couple of people inside the union and some of the agents and the people I'm, you know, I was extremely close with. And I went to Chris and said, hey, Chris, you got to come on board. And we, we basically on a napkin drew up a program and we modified it as we went along. Well, Chris used that. We at Local 98, and I'm, you know, it's, you know, Mark's the manager there now, and Brian Burrows and Mikey Neal and them guys are still there. They're doing a great job. You know, I'm a, I'm a radio guy now, but uh, I want to let you know, Chris did a fabulous job, and this week he has decided they've moved to the big leagues and go to work for the Painters and Glazers International, and he's going to be taking the template that he used here, not only at Local 98, but for anybody who needed help. Chris Scheibom has saved lives. Good luck, my friend. And I um, wish him nothing but well on his travels across the country, you know, telling people that, you know, alcohol and drugs kills. Uh, that being said, Joe, you know, I, again, talking about Father's Day, um, uh, I love the way that you have hustled to put your kids through the prep. I love the way that you take care of other people. And that void that you fill, okay, is so significant. You think it's just a coat. Okay. It's somebody that cares. It's somebody that treats people like they treat their own, that the way you treat your sons, the way you treat your family is amazing. You're a great guy. You and Joe, it's a pleasure to be on this radio show. And it might sound that I'm, you know, feeling a little mushy. Okay. It is because like I said, thank God my dad's, you know, I got an 88 year old dad who's down North Wildwood today acting like he's 30. So that's a great thing. Okay, and then I turn around and I look at the Williamson family and they had the same thing yesterday. Today, they don't. Life's too short. Okay, when you when you say a good prayer today that, you know, we all wake up tomorrow. So happy Father's Day. Thank you for everything that you do. And listen to the show next week. Thank you, John. Well done. Well stated. Jay Doc, 30 seconds for you. And then I'm going to cut us off. I just want to obviously thank John for his kind words. I want to say happy Father's Day to you and to John Doherty and to all the fathers out there. Thoughts and prayers, of course, to the, you know, the, the family of the lost firefighter and those that are injured. And I want to shout out to my own father. Um, we love you, Dad. We miss you. Um, it's not going to be the same without you. John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. See you next week, everybody. is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.